It is 520, and this is the KDLL Evening News for Monday, February 26th on 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna, listener-supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. I'm Hunter Morrison. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation incorporates drone use into its operations. But first, inspired by community demand, the Central Peninsula has a new diabetes center. As KDLL's Riley Board reports, the clinic is focused on combining prescriber care and education in one place to make diabetes management easier to access. The center officially opened back in October in the Soldatna building across the street from Central Peninsula Hospital, which runs the facility. The medical staff is made up of diabetes care and education nurse Crystal Allen and nurse practitioner Anya Boutwell. People with diabetes often manage their care with an endocrinologist, but there are none on the Central Peninsula. Instead, people will work with their primary care provider, But Boutwell says the center now offers something unique, a one-stop shop for diabetes medical care and educational resources. We wanted to make sure that our patients, people that live with diabetes and their caregivers can have a resource that encompasses both education and prescribing and have the ability to collaborate with their primary care providers or endocrinologists, but have the care right here at home. In a 2022 community needs assessment by the hospital, diabetes was identified as a primary need in the community, which inspired the opening of the facility. Allen says the prevalence of diabetes on the Central Peninsula is similar to that across the country, about 10% of people. But the rate of prediabetes is much higher and mostly undiagnosed. The center's model is inspired by larger ones elsewhere in the country that combine prescribers and education along with pharmacists, dietitians, social workers, and therapists. Allen works with patients one-on-one to review their goals with diabetes monitoring or lifestyle. In Alaska, she says, special risk factors can include food insecurity and the ability to exercise during the long winter months. Food insecurity is one thing um, that is an Alaskan concern sometimes and does play into the healthy food choices that are available for people locally. So that can be an issue. And then in the built environment, just the inability sometimes to get out and really recreate and get that physical activity in daily can be difficult in the Alaskan winters. And it's something you really have to be diligent to make a priority in your life. Boutwell says the diabetes care industry and medications are always evolving, and the center wants patients to access the cutting edge. The center is also screening all new patients for a phenomenon called diabetes distress, the emotional response and stress often associated with the condition. Boutwell says that's another unique feature of getting care at a diabetes-specific center. So we assess for that and we try to address it the best we can, hoping that by having patients come here who are really distressed and diabetes overwhelms them, that we can make a difference and kind of help them cope a little bit better. The center has an on-site lab and can do A1C and glucose testing. Boutwell says because seeking diabetes care can often feel intimidating, 
the center is designed to be a welcoming environment. There's going to be patients that are referred here that, you know, struggle with diabetes management. And I think there's probably some worry whether I'm going to come in and this is going to be hard or it's going to be somehow threatening and we want to completely dismantle that. We're just here to support the patients exactly where they are and look at their goals. And we want to make sure that they're really comfortable and feel welcome. The center also offers support for caregivers of people with diabetes. Often that's parents of young children who have diabetes, which they say can be stressful and lonely. Looking forward to the future of the center, Allen and Boutwell say their goals are to offer good care and let the community of diabetes patients and providers know the resource exists. They want to host group education classes, attend health fairs, and be a resource to school nurses, something Allen has already begun to do. The center celebrated its grand opening this afternoon. To learn more, visit cpgh.org. In Soldatna, I'm Riley Board. The Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation incorporated drone use into its operations in 2019 to help streamline survey and inspection efforts. The department currently has about 30 active pilots around the state, and although a majority of drone ventures are conducted in warmer months, winter can be an ideal time for flight proficiency training. Which one is up and down? And uh, the the left side is the up and down one. So. Up and down, okay. In the parking lot of Arc Lake, just outside Soldatna, Two environmental program specialists orient themselves with the controls and operations of a drone with a built-in camera. The piece of technology is just one of many in the Department of Environmental Conservation's fleet, some of which have thermal cameras and water sampling capabilities. The practice flight is the Soldatna branch's first of the year, as recent cold weather conditions have prevented any airtime. When gusts the night before exceeded speeds of 40 miles per hour, but diminished to a light breeze by morning. Every month we really try to get out and get the drone in the air. This is Ryan Peterson, a certified drone pilot with the department. He says this time of year they focus on flight training and proficiency. The challenge in the wintertime is weather and the drones have operating conditions and limitations. The agency's Soldatna office currently has three drone pilots, each representing different divisions. Peterson works for the department's water quality program, ensuring that wastewater is properly discharged to protect human health and the environment. He primarily oversees proper installation and maintenance of septic tanks. You could take aerial imagery with a proficient flight pilot now while you're constructing. It's not going to be coordination or you don't have to wait for a surveyor for the entire time. You can get a surveyor out afterwards to get the official survey, but during construction you can work with your drone and provide that data to like the state, to the users, and it really documents where your infrastructure is installed. Peterson says drones can also be used for inspecting disposal systems from a bird's eye view. He says drone use not only makes his job more efficient, but helps cut related survey costs. To get a replicate of that is you're going to need to get an actual plane in the air and a flight survey done. And this allows the department and all drone users to replicate that, but on a much smaller scale and a safer scale. 
it's using that new technology and showing it how it can be utilized to do our business better. Yeah, so to the measure, like if you know the wind direction is where it is, Tessa, like I always recommend like pointing your drone like initially to the wind. So if you have a general direction, like spin it around. Ideally, we should have put that in that location already, but... Uh... The Soldatna office recently onboarded a new drone pilot for its spill prevention and response division. Tessa Gottlob just completed the necessary coursework, which instructs users on procedures, regulations, and operating requirements for safely flying drones. She has only flown in the field once before. If you have an accident, something happens, an oil leaks from a tanker truck, from a facility, sending a drone up into the air to see where this oil is going and being able to track it, that's going to help us respond so we know where to put our response equipment where we need to start the recovery operations. It can also identify if the leak is from some unknown component at an oil facility. It'd be pretty easy to identify with the aerial vision. And the other thing to look at, I mean, we are close to the landfill, so keeping an eye out for birds. Some, some like birds of prey will, they might go after the drone or... <laughs> One might be just flying by and unlucky and run into it. After getting a feel for the controls, Gottlob practices flying the drone around. She scans the sky for curious birds and other airborne hazards. Due to the nature of wintertime flying, the drone only stays in the air for a few minutes, as battery life begins to decrease and fingertips operating the system go numb. Here's Peterson again. So one of the big things I like to show is how this recent technology can be used to make our jobs or the the requirements of the department more transparent or also make their lives easier. So I work with a lot of contractors and engineers and it's really showing that this new technology can be utilized in their job processes as as well as the department to farther our mission. The department's drone pilots can be used in partner agency operations including those of the Environmental Protection Agency and the Coast Guard. In his job, Peterson feels he's following in the footsteps of his father and grandfather, who were both pilots. That's all for tonight's KDLL Evening News. We had help from KDLL's own Riley Board. Find us online at kdll.org. I'm Hunter Morrison. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) ¶¶